Hey guys, you are listening to the Rima Travel Podcast, which brings the message of Jesus Christ to the lost all across the globe. Today's speaker is our own pastor, Reverend Samuel Dunkelquote, pastor of Rima Chapel, Belfort, Germany. Hope you enjoyed the message. Today we want to talk about persevering prayer. And uh, we will be doing some praying as well. So please uh, turn your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the verse number 16 to the verse number 18. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, it reads, Rejoice evermore. In good times, rejoice. In January 2020, when we just finished our fast, everything seems rosy, like 2020 was going to be a very, very rosy year. You were rejoicing. Well, keep on rejoicing. Verse 17, pray without what? Ceasing. Verse 18, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything. In the time of the Christmas party, give thanks. In the time of the lockdown, give thanks. In the time when you are lonely, give thanks. In the time when you are depressed, give thanks. In the time when you are very happy, very joyful, party time, give thanks. In all situations, give thanks. You know, one of the reasons why we have to obey the Lord is because this battle is coming and continuing according to how you are reacting to it. Can I come again? When your enemy hits you a very mighty blow, he's expecting you to say, Ajay, Awa. But instead of saying, Ajay, Awa, if you now get close to him and say, is that all you can do? That is when the battle goes to his door, not your door. So in everything, give thanks. Don't allow the enemy to see your tears. Even if it is a crying thing, be brave and put on a bold face because you frustrate your enemy that way in the name of Jesus. So now, what are the times we are in? Because you see, some people do not understand the times we are in. I, I, I come across Christians who are just living their Christian life as usual. You know, when you live in emergency times and you live casually and you live usually, you may fall a victim and become a prey. And I get bothered when the times are changing all around and somebody is thinking everything is cool, everything is okay. You are walking in presumption. The Bible says what? Watch and pray. The reason you should watch and pray is because when you are praying, your conditions may be changing. And when they are changing, you need to be watching so that your prayer will also be changing. 
Sometimes conditions change for the better whilst you are praying. But a lot of times, conditions may change for the worse. And when you are praying and conditions are changing for the worse, what do you do? Do you say it's not working and you quit? So you quit and what else do you have? Because you don't lose the battle because of the opposition. You lose the battle because you give up. But when you are fighting and the condition is changing, you also change your tactics. There is something they call fasting. We pray all the time, but we don't fast all the time. Sometimes we see that this battle, this enemy is stubborn. This demon, it is stubborn. And so, whilst we are still praying, we decide to deny ourselves of necessary food so that we will take the battle to another level. You see, your enemy is refusing to bow. Begin to fast. If you fast for one week and it gives him fine, praise God. And let us continue. But if he says it will be tough, and after 21 days, he is still in force, continue. Your Lord fasted for 40 days. He didn't die. First three days of fasting will not kill you. There are people I know who are going on the 100-day prayer and fast. That is how far we have come to. Why am I saying all this? My friends, you are serving the same God those people are serving. You are on the same planet they are on. And if that is how far they will go in order to show up on God's radar and get delivered, what makes you think that they will be doing all this and you are just eating and drinking? And then when God comes, then uh, salvation across the board. It doesn't happen that way. Am I talking to somebody? So please, number one, let's recognize the times we are in because it is not normal times. For starters, Genesis chapter 6, the verse number 13 said, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them from the earth. What was the condition in Noah's day? It was violence. It was people becoming so selfish that I don't care coming to come and take the iPad that you have from you if that is what I want. I don't care to pepper spray your eyes and take it and go away. I don't care to snatch it and push you under the next coming car or the next coming bus and just go away. That's the generation that brought judgment. God's judgment has never come against people because of what they call a calendar time. How many of you understand what I'm saying? Judgment is not something God does willingly. Because of that, judgment never operates according to calendar. Can you put up the stage microphone for me? Judgment doesn't operate according to calendar. It operates according to condition. When the conditions prevailing, when they are such that divine intervention has to take place, God will intervene. Are you listening to me? I ask that I should have some volume. And so 
you just make sure that I have my volume because today I need volume. We have to pray. And I need my voice. I don't want to lose my voice. Uh, okay, let's look at Lord's day. Genesis chapter 18, the verse number 20 to 21. Genesis 18, the verse number 20, it reads, And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, 21, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me, and if not, I will know. Now, there is a cry that is coming to God. There is a demand for heaven's attention. While service is going on in heaven, there comes a cry from the earth that is so loud that it begins to drown the service in heaven. The king is there and he cannot continue sitting on his throne to receive worship. And it's like, this worship is good. The people who are offering me the worship, they are good. I love them. I will not refuse to accept what they have to bring. But guess what? Something is disturbing me and it is affecting my ability to function very well. This thing is coming from Sodom. I need to find out what it is. Chapter 19, verse number 3 and 4 reads, And he pressed upon them, meaning Lord, he pressed upon them, mean who? They, the two angels who came to Sodom. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him and entered into his house. And he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread and they did eat. Hallelujah. Notice that angels, when they are allowed to come into human form, they can do anything a human being is supposed to do. They will eat. But notice here that the man did not give them normal cakes. It is unleavened cakes. Now, the normal cakes people eat, but the unleavened ones are special. Because, you see, before any dough becomes leavened, you would have to prepare it today and let it stay for some time, then it becomes fermented. So, people don't always make fresh dough every day. Do you understand what I'm saying? So most often, ordinary people, they eat fermented dough or they eat uh, leavened bread. But when somebody comes and they haven't prepared something fresh, yet they recognize that these ones must not eat something that is made from leaven, then it means they have to work extra hard to get something fresh to present before them. This is what happened in this particular case. That the man, he sensed, May the Lord help you in the times in which we are living to keep your spirit man alive. Keep your inside sensitive. I, I say this. Make sure that uh, you are within coverage area. And before the mobile phone, nobody will understand me. But now I'm sure all of you understand what I'm saying. That uh, when you go out of range, people may try to reach you, but they cannot. 
But when you stay within heaven's coverage area, anytime heaven wants to reach you and give you information, you will get it. How do you stay within heaven's coverage area? You pray. Pray. Some of you, where you are today, you are there because of your prayer and your service to God. When you stop praying, you stop fasting, you stop doing the same things you are doing, you will come down. Trust me, you will come down. The same power and the same force with which the plane will, 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 what do you call it, go down the runway and take off. It is that same power that must sustain it in the air. You don't say once you are airborne and you are the altitude that uh, you ought to be, you don't say, well, 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 now I am at the altitude that I want to be. You can see the wind is carrying me. So now let me cut off my engine and save some fuel. You can't save that. You'll be acting foolishly if you do that. Because the next thing you know, you are coming down. And what we tell you if you cannot start that engine again? Because you will surely come down and come down in a way you don't want. My dear friends, in the times in which we are living, it is imperative that if you are a Christian, you learn to fast and to pray. Some of you, when we are fasting, you don't want to fast too. It's good. It's good. If you don't want to fast, it's good. Now you're a palaver now. Me, I cannot force you. Even my own children. You can ask my daughter. I don't force them. I am not a typical African dictator at home. And I put it down. Boom, he's been the father. Yemus, turn versus Zage. I don't do that. I speak to them. I appeal to them. I try to explain to them why they need to do what they need to do. And my dear friends, if you are in church, your situation is a lot more serious than my own children. Because my power to influence you is very, very limited to the words that I speak. If you don't have any respect for the words that I speak, or if you think you are smarter than me, and this man here, I'm not claiming that I'm smart. I'm not wise. But it is God who is at work in me. That is what makes the difference, not my wisdom. The wisest among us is not better than the rest of us. So no matter how wise you are, if you think that, oh, uh, these people, they are small, small boys, let them continue to fast. For me, I'll just coast along. Go ahead and coast along. Go ahead and coast along. One of these days, you are going to look for strength, and your strength will fail you. And when your strength fails you, that is when you will know that you look like you were ready, but you were never ready. May the Lord help us. So we are living in times when entities, powers, things have arisen. Even the people who are in the world, they, they, they are not unspiritual anymore. How would I explain this one at all? Some people claim there is no God. But the fact that they are saying there is no God doesn't mean that they don't believe in the spiritual. They just don't believe that this particular one who has got moral values and who demands that people must walk by moral values, they don't believe that he's the one they should submit to because he spoils their party. You know, he disturbs their swagger. And they cannot walk the way they want to walk to because if they walk that way, it is in contradistinction to what he wants them to do. So they, they, 
And so we want to be free. Let us throw his shackles over our head. That is the generation we are in. But it's a very, very spiritual time. I'll tell you a couple of things here. You'll be surprised at some of the things I discovered as I was going on the net. I just, I said, my goodness. If Christians, if you keep on sitting down like this and still thinking like a baby Christian, you wake up one day and your world will just crash before your eyes. I just want to, where is this thing now? Okay, good. So, I was, I was, I just, you know, something just occurred to me in view of what is going on in our world. I decided, let me check and find out. Because some of you should be wondering, how can somebody like Donald Trump be so hated? In our lifetime, we haven't met a president that has been insulted, battered, resisted, stood against like this man. He takes a Bible and he holds a Bible in church and they say, because he held the Bible in church, he has done a lot of wrong. And the people who are judging him for holding a Bible in a church that was being bent down, those same people are saying, Take down every image that people erect. Who, who they say this image is the image of Christ. They are taking those images down. And there's nothing wrong with that. So at the end of the day, you begin to wonder, is this man Satan come in the flesh? Well, guess what I found out? People are actually hexing him. How many of you know what a hex is? A hex is a spell that people cast. And all you have to do is just give it to Google. Hexes on Donald Trump, and you'll be surprised. Abundance of it. I have one here on Wired. I cannot read for you because I don't have time. But on midnight last Friday, all over the U.S., an alliance of magical practitioners called the Maggi Resistance gathered tarot cards, feathers, orange and red candles, pins, water, salt, matches, uh, ashtrays, and on flattering photos of President Trump, the objects are prerequisites for a binding spell. So, I turned up with a lot of things. You know, when you have a Google search, it will give you a lot of things and you click upon the one you want. So, I'll give you what it came up. These punk witches have just released a hex on Donald Trump. That is it. Uh, is it the daily whatever they call it? And then BBC News said, New York witches have, have placed hex on Brett Kavanaugh. So these are some of the things that I came up with. And I am like, people who call themselves Christians do not understand why any time communism takes over in any nation, the first group of people they go after and they want to eliminate is Christians. You don't understand that. Many, many, many people don't understand that. But one, uh, one thing I want you to understand is the spirit that rules the Christian is opposite to the spirit that rules people who are communists. And I want you to understand, my dear friends, we are not just living in a world that is just like that. 
If you come from Africa, and I'm saying it for the benefit of our children, some of them don't know the kind of Africa some of us left. There are people who in a public arena, public setting, when they are doing a festival, they have a competition. And they have a cow that is supposed to be sacrificed. And of the, is it juju men or witch doctors? I don't know how to call them. They are looking for the one who is able to cut the head of that animal for the sacrifice. And you'll find them. They are doing their dancing, charging up. Because music is a spiritual element. Music is not just a physical thing, it's a spiritual thing. And as they play, 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 they are able to evoke certain powers and begin to do things. And I'm told, but I wasn't there myself, that this fellow who told me this thing, he was shocked. When in the course of all this, with all the people doing their thing, one of these so-called Jiju uh, men, or how would you call them, witch doctors, he went near the cow and he lifted up his hand, his human hand like this, whoom, and the head of the cow was flying. And the cow was struggling in the air. Look, I come from a place where when somebody says that, Today, I'll tell you a sleeping place. Watch it. Watch it because by tomorrow morning, you may not be among the living. And so some of us, when we were coming as Christians, we were wild people. We just knew where we were coming from. That if we joke, they would take us down. So we used to pray like crazy. Those days, it was not popular to pray in tongues. People say that we are, we are demonized. But uh, if you receive from some, something from God, you know what it is because you have a witness from within. We never bothered. But we kept on charging. We kept on praying. I served God as a young man. I am still serving God today at the age of 62. I've seen many, many, many people. And so you have queer, queer people in your families sometimes. You can just look at a person and you say, this one. He or she is not correct, or there's something incorrect backing them up. And some of those people have come and gone, and we are still there. My dear friends, we live in a spiritual world, whether you like it or not. And in a world in which we live, now that the agents of death, stealing, killing, and destroy, are on the rise, and they want to do their thing, it is better that you rise. Prayer is not anything you can do as an option anymore. Prayer is no more an option in war time. Refusing to pray when you go to bed can mean that you will never wake up. It can mean that. The reason some of you, you don't, you don't pray, you go to bed and you wake up, is because the devil is not on your case yet. <laughs> if he gives you a visit, you will know what I'm talking about. But I want you to understand one thing, that it is time that we rise up and begin to pray. People of God, it is time to begin to pray. Lawlessness, selfishness, violent men are on the increase. And when somebody says he's a Christian, immediately he is hated. Immediately they dislike him. Am I talking to somebody at all? So please, it is a clash of spiritual forces. And we have come perhaps 
to the end of the age. And because of that, you and I, we need to fast and we need to pray. And so, how do you establish the ground? Let me now talk about how we are supposed to start our prayer. First, Second Timothy chapter... Second Timothy chapter 1, the verse number 1, 2... Sorry, Second Timothy chapter 1, the verse number 3 said what? That is Paul. Paul said, thank God I serve... I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Listen parents, you need to be praying for your children night and day. Some of them, the world they are in right now, the world is so dangerous and yet they don't understand the danger. You need to be praying for them day and night. Old people die, but sometimes young people die. And the worst thing that should happen to any believer is when you are burying somebody who shouldn't be buried. You know, somebody who should be burying you in your good old age, and you are burying them. It is a pain. It is something that must never occur to anybody here in Jesus' name. Then here is the case of Peter. Uh, Acts chapter 12, verse 5 to 7. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. And the prisoners and the keepers before the door kept the prison. Verse 7. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and the light showed in the prison. And he smote Paul on the, sorry, Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Rise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. Hallelujah. So here we see that the church had learned a lesson. Because the first to be arrested was James. And when James was arrested, people were thinking, how are we going to go and bail him? So they were going to look for documents, etc., etc., so that they can go and bail him. Spiritual weapons only work in spiritual situations. And when you have spiritual issues at stake, you don't go for physical weapons because they don't work. Am I, is somebody listening to me? When you are under spiritual siege and spiritual attack, you don't go to people looking for sympathy. Telling everybody your story so that they will sympathize with you. You will still die with a lot of sympathy. But if you will lift up your voice and pray, something will happen. And so here, they have learned their lesson and the Bible said they pray. I believe that the only reason the angel came was because some people were putting pressure on heaven. And my dear friends, God has never told any of us that any condition we meet in life that is negative is permanent. It doesn't matter how many of them are there. It doesn't matter how hopeless the situation seems. Uh, uh, seems no condition a believer meets is permanent. Any situation you meet can be changed. But are you ready to pay the price? Will you stand together with God? Will you believe God so that the change will come? 
Third point. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. All men, especially leaders, this is what the scripture is about concerning these people. I assure therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of tongues be made for all men. Number two, for kings and all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Hallelujah. Notice that the Bible said, first and foremost, meaning that item one on your list is prayers for all men. The reason is because you are looking for a blessing today, but that blessing is in somebody's hand. You are looking for some answers to prayer today, but that answer is in somebody's hand. You are asking God to give you a job today, but that job, God has already given somebody an opportunity to establish that job. So we have to lift our first and foremost prayer for all men. And when we do that, then the things that have to do with it, we ourselves, we don't spend too long praying for them. And then it goes on to say we should pray for kings and for those who are in authority. How important is it to pray for people who are in authority? How important is it? You know what? I don't know about you, my brothers who are from Nigeria. I don't know about you, my brothers who are coming from Cameroon. Neither do I know about you, my brothers who are coming from Kenya and, uh, and, uh, and uh, from, from, you know, Uganda or any of these other African countries. But I do know about my people very well. When it is time for election, and this year is election year, you see, the one that they are supporting, they will talk of him as if he is the Messiah. As if when he comes, everything will be over. They will go around praising him. Even sometimes they are willing to fight some people in the community they know because of this person. And then the day comes for the election, and then their man or their woman wins. And then like, hey, we are MPP, we are MPP, we have come to power. Let six months, a year to two years pass. The next thing you begin to hear, these same people are cursing that man, insulting him. But I say, if unbelievers are doing it, that is okay, because you see, people who are unbelievers, they cannot help but be unbelievers. Can you help being black? Hello? Can you help being black? A sinner cannot help being a sinner. He will sin. But those of us who are believers, we're supposed to be different. But no, 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 no. Over the years, I have been frustrated and perplexed by Christians who, when it comes to their leaders, they will not do the one thing that God said we should do. Pray for your leaders. They won't do that. I'll give you a clear example why it is important to pray for our leaders. David. In 1 Chronicles chapter 21, the verse number 1 and 2, it reads, And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. And David said to Joab and to the rulers of the people, Go, number Israel from Beersheba even to Dan and bring the number of them to me that I may know it. The verse number 8. So I'm jumping. And David said unto God, I have sinned greatly 
because I have done this thing. But now I beseech thee, do away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. Listen, great men are not always wise. And people who rule, they are not always putting on a cup of wisdom. They may be putting a cup of wisdom on for most part of the day, but there comes a time when some people are hexing them, like how they are hexing Donald Trump, that he begins to make mistakes. And when he makes mistakes, the people whose mouth the Lord has put the word of redemption in those same people, instead of seeking to act to redeem the person, they rather are the ones who throw the final punches to finish the person. And when things are not going well, you are blaming somebody. Wait till the day you stand before God, and God will blame you for a lot of the calamities and a lot of the mistakes and a lot of the errors that leaders have made. Now, let me go to 2 Samuel and, and listen again. 2 Samuel 24, 1 and 2. The same story, but we are looking at other angles of it. And again, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he moved David against them to say, Go number Israel and Judah. For the king said to Joab, the captain of the host, which was with him, Go now through all the tribes of Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, and number ye the people, that I may know the number of the people. And David's heart smote him. That's verse 10 right now. And David's heart smote him. After that he had numbered the people. And David said unto the Lord, I have sinned greatly in that I have done, and now I beseech thee, O Lord, take away the iniquity of your servant. For I have done very foolishly. Now, is David a foolish man? I don't think so. Of all the servants of Saul, he is the one who acted most wisely, the scripture records. So now, we see that this foolishness, it's not of his own doing. Because Satan stood up against him to begin to provoke him. Some things were going on in the spirit. You and I are the one who are supposed to lift up prayer for the people. Listen, when his mistake, when he brought calamity, over 70,000 of the people of Israel died. Check your Bible. We don't read anywhere that one of David's sons died with him. Are you listening to me? For the son called, he created a lot of trouble in Syria alone. I don't read anywhere where for the Sankos children died. Or somebody did the, what do you call it, the long sleeves and the short sleeves, cutting the limbs. I don't read about that. Charles Taylor did a lot of evil, including killing some very, very good friends of mine, classmates. But you never hear that Charles Taylor's own children were killed in the Liberian War. It is always people like you and I who suffer. And God has said, pray for the leaders. Some of us, God will not allow us to escape when the leaders make mistakes and calamity is coming. You know why? Because we refuse to pray for them. 
And that is the reason why when the time comes, we will perish with the evil. With the evil people, because we refuse to play. We refuse to do the one thing we should do. But I think that we should not be doing things like that. We have to pray and pray for our leaders. Am I getting at all to somebody? The Bible says when we pray for those leaders, God will get the opportunity to push his agenda over them and upon them. They will do what is right. And as believers, we will see that the door to what is right will flow. When the righteous uh, 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 rule, what happens to the people? But when the wicked rule, oh, don't you know the scripture? When the wicked rule, the people mourn. How many of you have gone to a funeral before? Where it is a real painful death that has taken place. Even if it is not your own son, you look at the man or the woman grieving for his son, you begin to shed tears. It is difficult for you to take it. So where would you want to be? The party house or the morning house? Hello? Huh. So, I believe that most of us will want to be at a party house. Because the morning house is not a place anybody wants to be. Well, if you don't want to be at the morning house, then you have to pray so that the wicked will not bear rule. Because when they bear rule, people will mourn. When they bear rule, calamity takes place. When they bear rule, evil takes place. And besides all this, how many of you know that Europe, where we are right now, it is also a system that has abandoned God? How many of you understand what I'm saying? Even if you are looking at Deutschland, you are actually looking at a system let me put it this way, that has put measures in place to replace God. When you are not working, they have what they call Abba losing girl. You go and collect. Why will you pray when you can collect Abba losing girl? If you are having children, and because when you have children, the cost of you know taking care of the children goes higher. They have something they call kindergarten. Why would you pray when actually you can have kindergarten to support what you are getting for your children? Number three, in case it is very difficult and you don't have enough to eat, there is a place they call cafe. Bilifelda cafe. We have been there before to hold services. Help for that tafel. They are all over the place. You just, uh, is it, do a medal, register. And uh, they give you your days. You just carry your bag. Own a girl. You just go there, you load the food, you bring it. Why would you pray? So some people that were serious Christians in Africa, today their Christianity is dead. Their fire is off. Because there used to be a time we have to pray in order to have what to eat. And if there is nothing to eat, we still serve God. We pray and we fast. Sometimes you are fasting. When you break your fast, it is gari, gari, gari. You used to break a fast. May God punish the devil. How can a man break a fast with gari? But here we are in a system that has created a situation where people don't need God. 
And when you are in a system like that, be careful, oh, be careful, lest you don't lose your faith. Am I talking to somebody? Please, I want you to, to, to be on your feet. And uh, they are going to begin to dream a couple of things here, a couple of scriptures. Thank you for taking our time to tune in. For more information on our services, visit our website www.wimachapu.org. You can also join us for our weekly conference calls on Thursdays. More details on our website. Also make sure to check our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube platforms.